What's up, everybody? It's your friend Isaac from Big Bike BMX, and tonight you are in for a real treat. Uh, Craig, I'm pretty psyched about this, uh, and I'll tell you why. Craig, tell also, me, welcome to the show, Craig. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Glad for showing here, up. Dude. Thanks for showing up. Uh, who are you wearing today? It looks like you're wearing SE tonight. Uh, tonight, yeah. If you, now the camera's on me, so yeah. Got my uh, SEVW bus shirt on, and always Phoenix Bike Co. hat. Nice. Well done. Yep. Thank you, uh, sir. In, in honor of our old schoolness, I'm rocking the R.L. Osborne shirt and the Mike Buff beanie. Um, nice, dude. You look dapper. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, well played. Uh, so, hey, dude, here's what I need you to do, Craig. I want you to, and those of you at home, do the same thing. I want you to close your eyes. Imagine that you're 14 years old. And you're riding to your spot where you met your homies and somebody shows up with a magazine. I believe this happened across the globe. The new magazine came out. Your buddy may or may not even said, bro, I got the new plus. I got the new BMX action. Got the new freestyling. They show up with the magazine and you didn't tell them you got it too. Cause you went to the grocery store the night before with your mom. And so you both show up and before your session, you sit down on your bike, you grab your Slurpee or your Big Gulp or your, we called them suicides, but it was like the, you grabbed your soda of like 12 different sodas, except the diet versions. And you sat down and you started going through the pictures and you're like, it, it was like, you just got a new chapter of the Bible, dude, is what it was. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all, dude. Let's, let's, uh, let's go through. Actually, before I even got there, I skimmed through it too, because, uh, you know, I had to say what, you know, see what was going on before I showed up and was hanging out with you or whoever, dude. And I wanted to, want to see everything from front to back. <laughs> yeah. You had to go through there. You had to go through it. Okay. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you know this too. So, uh, tonight's guest has recently, uh, to my, I mean, to my, to, from my world, from my perspective, um, all of a sudden I start seeing new pictures pop up. And as much as you think you've seen everything, when you see a new picture from the 80s and you've never seen it before, that overwhelming feeling of like, dude, it's back, nostalgia. It's like watching Goldbergs for the first time and being like, (laughs) I'm going back in time. Yeah, dude, I can, you know what it was, Isaac? And it's all that. Like for me, you remember like back in the day when we were kids, and maybe it was before our time. I don't remember the happening at my school, but I remember watching TV and seeing kids like it was like almost like an assembly day where everyone gathered outside and they had this capsule and the principal or whoever was like, okay, kids, we're going to be putting all these things in this time capsule. And then they, they add all the things from that year, or, you know, what was cool then and seal it up. And then they, put it in the ground and pour concrete over it or, or whatever. And then, and then basically it's like, do not open for 30 years. Right. Did they do that so at your th- school? No, they didn't, but they I wish they did. They didn't do it my school either. Hell no. no my I'm just saying like, this might've been way before our time. I don't know. I've seen it on TV, bro. It's, you know, I, I follow you're following me. Okay, good. Yeah. So what I'm thinking was like, this is like our guest tonight basically made a photo time capsule. Right. And yeah, he's now gotten to a point where he's sharing that stuff online and social media and he's unscrewed the cap and went, Hey people check it out. Here's what's inside the time capsule. 
And so that's what's so intriguing about our guest tonight um, is the fact that, like you said, you know, and and like I'm saying, it's like we now get to see things that really haven't been circulated or been shown out to the general public, but they exist. And we know who the subjects are. We know what the subject matter is, but nobody's ever seen it because we always look back through magazines and photos online, especially with the internet and being able to like bring up things that, you know, are published photos that are something we've been looking at for like 30 plus years, right? 100%. Well, here's dude. something that we, that we haven't seen, you know, follow me. 100%. I, dude, I totally do. And also, God, man, I wish we had those assemblies. My assemblies were like, hey, everybody, we're doing a jogathon. And I was like, that sucks. Or, you know, assembly day. It's like, here's new candy bars you're going to sell. And I'm like, damn it. Or, dude, the worst was candles. I had to pimp candles to all the kids in like all the apartment. <laughs> everybody in my apartment complex, dude, got hit up for like candles. Why don't you go, go ahead and like, you are the best introducer of guests. Why don't you kick this off? Dude, you got it. So everybody at Big Bike BMX, everyone listening to the show, man, we have a super special guest tonight. All this talk about Isaac and I flipping through the magazines, looking at pictures, opening time capsules. You're really going to enjoy this guest tonight. We have the guy who's going to be showing and has been showing a lot of these photos, a lot of the of the things that we all love as BMXers from back in the day, especially the old school guys like myself and Isaac. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Our guest tonight, Bill Batchelor. Bill, how's it going, brother? Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me, Isaac, Craig. Dude, we're awesome, stoked, man. bro. Uh, it's awesome. a little bit overwhelming, you know, all this popped up very quickly for me. Well, you know, I, I see... I, I understand where you're coming from, especially, you know, I mean, first of all, just relax, have fun. Isaac and I, are, we're going to have fun tonight, dude, I can tell you that. But what's so intriguing, and it's overwhelming for us a little bit too, because here we are. I mean, I started picking up on these photos about a month or so ago to, I don't know, about a month, Isaac. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, look at what we're looking at here. Um, recognize all the players, recognize all the, you know, people in the game, but I don't recognize the photos. And I was, someone else was, I think it was my buddy, Jerry Loera was like liking these. And I don't know if he sent me some or whatever, Isaac, but it was like, man, this is, this is the time capsule it's opened and we're all looking at it right now. So that's it, Bill. That's exactly when I first heard your name, you know, it's like, I got to figure out what's going on. Talk to Isaac about it. Isaac, what'd you tell me? You're like, dude, this guy's posting up and freestyling and on his page. And it's like the the buzz was out there, you know, and it's still out there, dude. So overwhelming. I see your point. But for us, man, it's just like exhilarating, bro. It is so exciting to be looking at these things. And, and um, we definitely want to get into your story tonight about it and uh, kind of check these photos out. Yeah. Well, you're, you're actually right. It's been about a month since I posted the first one. I think it was January 24th. I looked it up before I came in here. Um, but, uh, so you want the, the short story was, if you want me to start going, um, I used to play soccer basically for exercise for the last five or six years. That's what I did. Adult league soccer four or five times a night. Ever since COVID showed up, you know, it's been shut down. And so toward the end of the year, toward the holidays, I said, you know, I got to get some exercise. So I, I dug out an old uh, mountain bike I had in the garage that I used to ride around with the kids with. And uh, I needed some grips. So I put those on, pumped up the tires. And I started riding in the neighborhood. I said, God, this is boring. 
And somehow it led to one, one thing led to another. I went on Craigslist and picked up inch BMX bike and started riding around. And then that essentially triggered all the stuff you just described, basically my past, which I've essentially uh, compartmentalized for a long time, opened it up, started looking. So I, I joined some of these groups you just mentioned that the freestyling group and some of the other the Facebook groups, partly to learn a little bit more about what new bikes. And then seeing people post old photos, I said, you know, maybe, maybe I'll throw up one of them. I dug it out and uh, threw it up and here we are. Now that, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, Bill, that's incredible. Cause check this out, man. I mean, it, when you were, I mean, I want to go back even further. So that was five years ago, you know, those things are happening, but like, take us back to how this started for you. I mean, touch on it briefly because I think it's really important for people to understand is like, you know, you didn't buy these photos. You didn't, you know, these were taken by you as a kid and Isaac and I being the age around, you know, same age as you, I think around, you know, the early eighties, mid eighties to see that you were a kid, a teenager with a camera, with a ton of access that a lot of us would have just dreamed of, you know, dreamed about and, drooled over here you are getting these candid shots of guys like eddie fiola and dave vanderspeck and 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 all these dudes that you know we were just dreaming about and as far as you know emulating and looking at in magazines here you are right up and close and personal with them taking photos like where were you at as a kid like as far as getting involved with bmx and photography so basically, I was like you guys. I was a fanboy. I got all the magazines. I read BMX Action religiously, BMX Plus, anything I can get my hands on. And I rode bikes day and night. You know, this is the early 80s. I, I raced. And so at that time, my heroes were the Stu Thompsons and the Tommy Brackens and all those guys. And I was obsessed with, with BMX. And then Bob Harrow sort of popped up, him and, and uh, Mike Buff and R.L. Osborne. And, you know, then we just like you're just talking about, I would stare over those pictures and say, wow, what are these tricks these guys are doing? And so then we'd start building little ramps like Haro had. And, you know, just like any other kid in America, just obsessed with, with bikes, BMX all day long. The difference was I was born in Upland, California and raised there. And the pipeline was essentially in my backyard. And going back, you know, it was built in 1977. Uh, my friends and I, we had a this older mysterious guy we knew named Spiff or Spiffer. And he was this sort of surfer skater guy. He used to tell us these stories about skating at the pipeline in the seventies and with no barefoot, you know, all that stuff. And it was this sort of mythical thing. And so I probably went to pipeline about 1980. I would have been nine at the time. And, you know, we were little kids. We had our little plastic boards and we'd try to do skate stuff. They didn't allow bikes at the time. And um, so that became the babysitter very quickly. You know, they put a, a BMX track in early, maybe 82. I raced there for a while. And then we just started moving our bikes over to the pools. And I was there constantly. You know, the, the great thing about the pipeline, it was open seven days a week till 10 at night. So you could go there for four bucks, whatever. So I happened to be born at the right place at the right time. And as you just said, you know, these, these pros come and go and they're there all the time. And so I don't know what point I picked up a camera, but I think when I realized I wasn't that great of a writer, uh, especially in the bulls, they're a little bit scary at that place. So 
I parked my bike, picked up a camera and just started documenting this stuff left and right. And at the time I was probably 13. Um, well, I was 13, you know, early 13. And it just took off from there. And I don't know. Dude, it's, that's amazing. And here's, here's the thing too, you guys, like uh, when I tell you, like, let's go back in time. I want you to remember something. And, and this is also for our, our newer fans, like, uh, you know, my buddy Gio and people like that. Bill's explaining a process that you take for granted because right now, uh, you know, you want to take pictures, you can pull out your cell phone and take as many pictures as you want. Uh, but then in my day, especially the, especially the, the, the time period you're talking about, Bill, like a camera was expensive. You probably, I'm assuming had some type of hand me down, like, mm-hmm. you know, like goodwill thrift store camera that's or or you know one that your dad's like you know hey I, i'm just not using this anymore you could take it go play but the the bigger thing is a, a roll of film you had to actually buy film for your camera this is gonna this is gonna mind blow a lot of people uh that was let's say five bucks or whatever for a, a roll and you had at best 25 photos that you could take and you had no do-overs and you had no idea if you got the shot then you take that film to a place called a Photomax, uh, and then you had to have it developed. And that would take another two to three weeks. And so then every day you'd beg your, your parents, like, can we go by and see if my, my photos are there? And you drive through this place uh, in some sketchy parking lot, and then finally your pictures are there. And then you look through them, and you're like, maybe of the 25 that you took, there's like three good ones at best. So now, and oh, and that cost you probably about five bucks to do that. So now you're in 10 bucks. And in kid economy, that's like your whole monthly allowance. So it's, it's when he's, when Bill's saying, like, <laughs> I got a camera, I took pictures, like, it's a big, it's a big deal, you guys. So I appreciate, like, the, I, I appreciate the effort that went into <laughs> what we're about to see because, like, I mean, were you, were you just like, are you a pro, like a prodigy, like a protege? Was it protege? Like a prodigy uh, photographer? Yeah. Like, did you have good, good photography friends? No, um, actually. So my mother's an artist and I grew up around a lot of artists. And so there's a lot of sort of creative input with her and her friends. And so as a kid, I would watch people do that sort of stuff, but I never actually did it myself. And I started off like any kid with a little 110 or an Instamatic and, and just doing these, like the, the photo map prints. So you drive up, drop off your film, get it back later. I don't remember at what point, I think I borrowed my mom's 35 millimeters, probably just a basic Pentax. And I, because they were sort of in the art scene, black and white film was still cool to them. And I got a roll of black and white, loaded it up and, and just started shooting. And again, early on, it started with myself just taking pictures of my buddy, jumping out of the pools, um, doing tricks, basically emulating stuff that Bob Harrow was doing on kick ramps. And, and they were what you'd imagine as a bunch of kids taking pictures of each other. But they were actually pretty good. And around this same time, we decided to document this stuff in a little fanzine. So that parallel the photography, but the difference that I did early on is I figured out, like you described, you would take these photos, you'd never know until you developed them, what came out of it. And I learned to do my own darkroom work as a way to kind of expedite that process. And so I had... Bill, hey, Isaac, Bill, sorry, Bill, to, to mean to cut you off. Isaac, Bill was not waiting for the Photomax 
at all. He's got the dark room set up. Yeah. He's like, you know what? Two, three weeks ain't cutting it, bro. I want to go to the skate park, take those photos, and then like get into the dark room in the you know at the house and see what I got. Because I mean, you basically wanted to check out your work, right? So yeah, and I didn't have a dark room stuff, so I had a camera with the pretty basic lens, and I think it was a big step up to get a wide angle lens. And again, I would probably I don't remember. I probably asked for it for my birthday, which was in February, so probably right when I started doing this stuff. Um, my sister's friend's dad had a dark room. He was one of those guys with something in his garage. I asked if he could show me how to, how to develop film. And at the time, you know, this is for kids who are older or younger now. I don't remember this. You'd actually go to the library and get a book on how to do dark room work. And so I probably got a, a book, read about it, how to, how to do it. And then he taught me the basics. And then I think I got my darkroom equipment from some art student that was leaving town. And uh, it was in the classified ads. It was probably a hundred bucks. It was pretty rudimentary stuff. And set it up and just started learning. So if you'll see in a lot of my early images, there's a lot of variability on the quality. You know, some are overexposed, some are underexposed or blown out, which in retrospect, it's actually kind of cool. But that was me learning how to do this. Dude, Okay. You guys, I, I can't wait to get into the photographs. I'm going to show them here in a second. But just, I want you to respect the amount of, uh, like, respect the detail in the amount of quality you're about to see. Because I'm going to, I'm about to show you one of my personal photos uh, from the 80s that was taken by my buddies uh, that cost me about 10 bucks round trip. Um, and so here's a picture of me doing a cherry picker that we thought we absolutely nailed, right? Uh, and, and you had like that one shot. Now, the best part, I just read this, my first real cherry picker. I wrote that in my little kid hand scratch writing. But this is what we all had. Everybody had like this level of, of here's my friend Adam Perry I always talk about. Um, but this was, and this was when somebody has enough time to stage a photo. So I'm balancing my friend, Adam's balancing. We're just being cool guys. Uh, so that's the level of a photograph we were used to seeing from us. So that just gives you, I just, I'm trying to paint the picture of what you're about to see. <laughs> so you understand how good this stuff that's, is, especially that's pretty from much the premium. Good as it gets right there, Isaac, I got to say, dude, the it's 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 like it's staged but it's not you dude, know? yeah yeah i mean, I mean we would, it's we so would cool even... the, the 80s pose yeah dude you yeah. call your friend and be like dude we're doing a photo session come over and that just means that like my mom's sketchy friend that had a camera was going to be out in the parking lot or apartment complex taking photos so um i mean it's, just, it's not bad know. it's well well uh composed uh yeah i'd say the timing is a little bit leaves the timing of the leg going over leaves a little uh, bit wanting. So, but I mean, it's, it's all I got. So I'll take it. So um, Bill, I'm going to start getting in and start showing some of these pictures. Cause that's what people want to see. Now, yeah. those of you listening uh, on the podcast, um, I cannot, I cannot stress enough how much you're going to want to go to YouTube to see this. Um, if not, Bill, how quickly, I usually do this at the beginning, but where can people find you online uh, on yeah, Instagram probably or Facebook? Yeah, the quickest place right now is Instagram at Bill underscore Bachelor BMX, and that's B A T C H E L O R BMX. Uh, that's where I'm pretty much paralleling everything that's going on on Facebook. Uh, Facebook, I'm mostly in the freestyling group. 
I'm not a big Facebook user in general, so I think Instagram's the place to go. And there'll be a website. Um, it's actually there's a, it's up now, BillBachelorBMX.com. Okay, cool. I love it, dude. Uh, I'm psyched, dude. And I like you guys. I'm I'm sorry I'm skipping forward, but I cannot wait to show you these pictures. So, uh, Bill, I apologize for not letting you get more of your story, but I got to get to this stuff because um, I've been waiting for a week and a half to do this. So. Uh, you guys, I'm, I'm just going to bring up a Google drive that, that Bill shared with us and Bill just talk us through what I'm seeing. Um, Mm -hmm. there's no chronological order. I'm literally just open up the drive and let's go for it. So, um, here we go. First picture. I'm, Uh, I'm looking at, it looked to me, it looks like Brian Blyther. You are correct. Score one for Isaac Craig zero. Go ahead. So the backstory on this one. So Brian, uh, li- Brian lives in Ontario, which is just south of Upland. And so I saw him a lot at the pipeline and we got to know each other. And I ended up photographing Brian quite a bit uh, even earlier than this. This was shot probably January 85. And so we're kind of skipping ahead. But basically, um, the more I shot these guys, the more I got to know them. And then I got invited in these sort of ride alongs to these other things. So this day was a get together probably on a Monday afternoon out in Anaheim, California with Brian Blyther, Mike Dominguez, Woody Itson, and Martin Naparijo, just meeting up at this place called Colossus, which was this funky local dirt jumping spot with some kids were there and they all rolled in and just started hitting these berms and I shot away. And I did publish some of these on my little Xerox fanzine 36 years ago, but since then they've been, boxed away no one's seen them and so that's a good example of kind of what i was doing you know off the cuff Amazing. they're not out competing they're just <laughs> farting around having a great time isaac did you hear bill it was just it, it, it's so incredible it's like yeah i just you know i'm not that you were nonchalant about it bill but it's like i was hanging out with blither and martin <laughs> very nonchalant about Woody that Edson. yeah <laughs> well sorry yeah it's, it's, it's that's what's it still blows my mind that I was doing that. You know, I was, I wasn't even 14 yet at this point. Um, yeah. Well, dude, I think that's maybe because my quality like, was decent. They respected this, it. I think so. Dude, did you like, know at this time? Like, no, go ahead, Craig, go, go. Did you know at this time, like these guys were, you know, like who they were, you know, like being featured in magazines and, and, and whatnot. I mean, how much of that did you, so, so that were you like, okay, these are those dudes, but I'm hanging out with them. Was there, you, you talked about fanboying out a little bit, but was there just like this, okay, I'm here to shoot. And um, yeah, I think, so it started that way, you know, that I was in awe that I was hanging out with these guys and they were accepting me by the time I shot this, I, I don't think I was thinking about it. I was just shooting it and I was all going, I probably even caught a ride with Brian out there. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, it started, essentially I started shooting locals at pipeline when they just on weeknights and random Saturdays, you know, a lot of people were just riding on time and then you'd get, have guys like Donovan Ritter that would show up and just practice and they practice hard. And so I'd start shooting them. The big coup for me kind of skipping around, but at the pipeline is that I became pretty good friends with the Hoffmans who ran the pipeline, uh, Gene and Stan and Don Hoffman. 
I talked them into letting me be, go behind the fence and shoot pictures, which was generally not allowed um, for safety reasons. So if you, you were there as a spectator, you stay on the other side of the fence. I talked, probably started with Jean, and then she got a pool from Stan, uh, who kind of ran the place, uh, the big boss. And I got behind there. So I could get in there and I just started shooting pictures all day long with these guys. And again, it's black and white. Um, you had to be conservative with the number of images you shot because you only had 36 that day. And you didn't know what you got until you got home. And I, you know, I went to all the contests too. So then that was, that's a whole nother thing. We'll get into some other pictures. Dude, this is, I got to tell you, man, like just looking at this picture and I'm glad it's the first one I opened because I kind of feel this way about just about, uh, you know, 90% of what, what I saw today when I just browsed through this, this folder, but like you captured what, it looked like in my scene with my friends riding the same bikes, doing the same stuff. Only it's the guys like Brian Blyther and, you know, Mike Dominguez. And, and, and it's just incredible. Like if you look at this, like every time that I remember seeing Brian Blyther in a magazine, it was contest. It was serious. And I feel like looking through your collection, it's like, I'm looking and Craig and I talk about this a lot. Craig picks up on this better than I do, but it's like, look how much fun they're having. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost like you're like a, you're catching like this behind the scene. Look, I mean, Craig, it, it, you know, no, it totally is because you nailed it. Isaac, if we're looking at Blyther, we're looking at him in an advertisement. We're looking at him through the pages of a published magazine. So he's there with, you know, unis on, he's got his, bike and everything dialed in and you know haro on there but now it looks like you know let's just this is one of those let's get together nobody's looking let's go have some fun and i'm gonna hang out with my homies and go shred you know this is really a behind the scenes moment yeah like you said that could be any kid in america doing the same thing but that's there you have it that's mike dominguez wow that's rad see some local kids in the back checking it out and again, it's, it gives that vibe of just like, you know, some property behind a neighborhood kids built that track over years of just getting aggro on it and all the, you know, all the ruts and all the, the trails on it are just from so many people hanging out there and just having a lot of fun. Oh, those, so, hutch, those, those hutch pedals, dude. That's all I see in this. So you touched on it in the opening, sort of an archaeological dig, and that's essentially what I'm going through now so all these photos and i have thousands of them you know when i left bmx i put them in a box and i've carried them around me for 35 years and i always knew they were there and i never really wanted to go back to them or really know what to do with them and when i at the time when i was printing these photos my like i said my darkroom skills were pretty shoddy so they were pretty rough prints now in 2021, I'm going back and I'm scanning them with a pretty nice scanner. To me, it's like opening up this world that I didn't see before. And it's it's kind of bittersweet because when you really get into these photos and you really zoom in, there's a lot of detail and a lot of stuff in my brain. And I think this is partly because I have compartmentalized this for so long. I haven't worked these memories over and over and kind of reinvented re, uh, the story. So I go right back to that day. I remember that it was cloudy, you know, all these little details and I can, you, there's so much going on in there. And it's, for me, it's pretty wild. It's almost like it happened yesterday. 
Um, and I think for people like you who have never seen it, it's even, you know, more. Yeah. I mean, out I, there. What, what, okay. So what, like it, it, how far do you live? Where do you live now? Do you still live by? I live in uh, Northern California. Okay. Um, did you ever like, have you visited, like, what is like, like you said it was Colossus. What is it now? Is this just all houses now? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Woody Itson or some of those guys online were saying it's, it's pretty much houses at this point. Uh, I have not been back there. I never did go back. So it's long gone. That's crazy. You know, Bill, as you've been showing these, have you gotten any um, communication from Mike Dominguez or Woody or any of the guys who you've been putting photos up? Like if you have, um, what's that been like? Yeah, it's been great. So when I first put a couple pictures up on Facebook, you know, as you guys talked about, there was a lot of sort of the immediate response. People like, oh, my God, where these pictures been? Never seen this stuff before. Before I knew it, my feed was full of all these names that I knew before. Um, people on the, the outside and a lot of the writers uh, and the people themselves. And what's been pretty exciting to me is these writers, some of them remember doing this stuff. I think uh, Martin said he remembered that day. Uh, Brian did. I haven't talked to Mike Dominguez, but it's coming back for them too. And they're really, they seem really appreciative that I'm putting it up. And because again, they, they are living with the same images you guys are, whatever was in the magazine, whatever's printed, that's probably what's in their, their archive, their personal archive. And they saw some of these photos at the time, but they don't, it's been long gone. I mean, they, they don't remember them. Dude, that's just incredible. <laughs> It's really cool for me. And, you know, yeah. That's one of my <laughs> that favorites. It looks like like Martin there, Woody, uh, Blyther. And is that, is that Mike, Mike D as well? That's, too, right? that, that looks like yeah. Dominguez. That's Dominguez. Okay, so Dominguez, that Martin. Yeah. Woody. Yes. And Blyther. There's two, two local kids on the, either side advising them how to do this, but basically they decided to sit on their bars and sort of bonsai down this hill. I think Mike opted out. Uh, he may have broken his leg. No, he, no, that was, no, he was writing earlier, so he didn't, but Woody and Martin say they don't remember doing this. Um, so I, to me, that tells you this was just something fun they did on a weekday and they probably forgot about it. Just like any other bike ride. That's what I love. Excuse me. That's what I love about this, uh, Bill. Is that that could be you and your bro. That could be me and Isaac. That could that's a, that's any kid USA right there. Yeah. Um, take away all the the cameras <laughs> and the, the sponsors, Isaac. That 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 could be me. You know, just inching ahead of you on the bar ride, the race. Why, why is it you inching ahead of me, dude? No, <laughs> be fair. I mean, <laughs> I just want, I want to we're... point out too. It looks like they're both about to wash out right here. Like this is, their, <laughs> know, this right? is their yeah. coming. They're coming to Jesus right now. <laughs> There's some additional shots. There was a whole sequence about eight or nine. And I've only put out three of them. Oh. There you go. Yeah. So here's, here's Diz Hicks. Yeah. So this was in Venice, 1984 at the AFA contest. This was the first contest I went to outside a pipeline and I caught a ride either with my friend's mom or somebody. And I think I only made it for one day. And I shot a whole bunch of pictures around the periphery of the contest because I didn't, couldn't get in close and didn't have sort of press access at the time. So I have all these photos of Diz, uh, Dave Randerspeck, a bunch of break dancers, all these people just doing stuff out around the outside of the contest. 
And again, printing them now or, or digitally pulling them up, I'm just impressed that there's so much in them. And it, I don't know if you've ever been to Venice, but that captures Venice right there. Yeah. And you know what else, Bill? It's just like it again. I mean, if I didn't say it earlier, I want to say it again. It, these are moments like, like you had an eye to capture the moments that were, you know, not so magazine like, you know what I mean? Like these were really just candid photos of them goofing off, hanging out or whatever that, you know, we haven't, I guess it's also, we, you know, we haven't been looking at them over and over and over again. These are really, truly like, um, unseen gems that are out there. So I love this one. It is dude. Um, I do too. Fact, it, yeah. This is when you, awesome when you photo. shared it, Craig, when you, cause Craig, you shared this recently. Yeah. 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 I, when I saw it, I was like, it's the first time that I've ever seen Diz Hicks without CW stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. And you know what, Isaac, and I have to say this to you, Bill. Um, thank you because Bill has allowed folks to share his work um, as long as they're giving credit, which everyone should do anyways, you know, always give, there's a photographer that you can identify, give credit to the photographer. But, you know, one of the things by Bill putting this out into social media is that people are going to share it. You know, these are, these are just such incredible photos that um, uh, guys like myself and you, Isaac, and whoever else, you know, we, we, we can share this stuff and, uh, you know, give, give Bill his credit. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, like give credit to who, who took them. You guys don't just steal them. But I also want to point out, we just talked to Diz um, last weekend or, or last, this this week. I mean, we're filming this on a Thursday, you guys. Monday, we did the Diz Hicks interview and he's wearing a Gork Trick Team shirt, if you look real close. And I oh, think yeah. that's so dope to see like just a little bit of insight uh, on this. What's been fun for me, you know, I post this stuff. I don't remember a lot of the details. And so I get a lot of comments from people like you saying, oh, look, he's wearing this shirt. This is before this sponsor. This is with this bike. And, you know, a lot of the minutia that a lot, a lot of people are really into, they can pick out exactly which version of that frame he's on. That stuff goes right over my head. I, I'm not paying attention to that. And it's probably because back then I would have cared. But now it's I'm looking at like, oh, crap, I haven't cleaned these up in Photoshop yet. But um, I think, like I said earlier, because I was on the periphery of the contest, I, I got those candid moments when the riders were waiting between their, their, uh, their runs. And I just, I guess I was fearless and just went up in their face. I didn't know Diz, I'd never met him and I just took pictures. So this shot is Mike Dominguez's bike. So we skipped over some stuff, but basically at this point I was doing a little fanzine and I had the fanzine office was essentially the bathroom of my dad's he had a law office and a little sports store next door to each other. And in the back he had a spare bathroom. So that's where I put my dark room and there's a bike shop in the same shopping center and they had a little quarter pipe in the back. So somehow I wrangled uh, Woody Edson and Mike Dominguez to meet me back there behind my, the, the alley behind my dad's shop and ride the quarter pipe that day and shoot all these pictures. Again, it's probably a weekday. And I had the wherewithal to take a shot of that bike, which to me, it's kind of a beautiful picture. Dude, I want this as a poster. I'll be real honest with you. Like, uh, like I mean, you open it up and you're like, I, I see a lot of bikes today. And Craig, Craig, you, I'm sure you you do you feel the same way, but I see a lot of bikes that are restored. Um, but I just seen it, in the in the 
like in its element and looking at it and just the little details, like his seat post is a little bit bent. You know what I mean? And we've, man, we've all been there, dude. Yeah. Like how many times did you, how many times did you get a seat post? And you're like, it's starting to bend, you know? And you're like, <laughs> it's not bending. Right. But now, you I, know, I got to say, I like this one. I mean, I like photos like this because like you said, Isaac, that was a great point. We see a lot of these bikes restored. So every inch of them are, it's just, and, and it's beautiful. They're just pristine and there's not a blemish on it, you know, and it's never even seen anything but uh, a display or, or something that someone can be proud of after they've built it. But this is like, this is a bike and you know, who's ridden it and it looks ridden and it's like, it's so awesome. And it just stands there and, and, and you're able to appreciate that part of it too. Yep. Yeah, I went like, down a worm, wormhole the other night while I was scanning pictures looking at tires because I had all these close-ups of tires right from the lens. And then I put a couple up and, you know, people were like, oh, wait, that they're using the wrong tire in the park. And there's just, it's pretty wild. Each rider had their own thing going on. And, and there wasn't a lot of consistency in terms of the bikes themselves and the tools and tires, all that kind of stuff. The thing that still blows my mind about this as I look backward is how the hell did I set up this meeting with two pros, I'm pretty sure it was a weekday, to come to Rancho Cucamonga to meet some 13-year-old and shoot pictures with no cell phone, no internet. How we did that, I don't know. You use the magic word, half pipe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think these guys were were hungry for coverage. So if I have a camera, they like to perform and they like to ride. So... um, Right place, right time. I asked the right place. I also want to point out that, uh, look at like my favorite part of this whole thing, dude, is like how Mike cut the pad to fit <laughs> the crossbar. <laughs> like it's just cut out right here. Like he's like, yeah, it doesn't close. So you, yeah. you purists out there, go ahead and cut your pads. Mike did. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Oh, yeah. There we go. Now, this photo right here, Bill, um, this is R.L. Osborne, and this is the uh, two-hip king of the streets, and I believe, yeah, I think it is, um, this one actually got in the magazines, right? So you were getting, so you got some, you got some, like, national magazine uh, publications for your photos as well, or was this the only one? No, no, no. So... Probably early 85, I met John Carr from DMX Plus. He was at the pipeline shooting some stuff. And they actually put a little blurb in the magazine where he said I was off trying to hawk ads to Lynn Caston, who's the owner of Redline, for 30 bucks to run him in my little magazine and, and shooting pictures. So I ended up shooting some pictures of John that day. And he was the editor of BMX Plus. And he, he ended up using that shot as sort of his little... I don't know, editor photo a couple issues later. And then he just started saying, hey, why don't you submit some stuff and start sending things in? So I did. And so my main period for photos was probably 84 to 85. By the end of 85, I was kind of done. But I got some stuff in the magazines, uh, second half of 85. And then I moved on to other things, but they kept calling me back up till about 89. And this contest was in 1988. It was down in San Diego. And I don't remember the details. I just got a call from BMX Plus. He said, hey, go shoot this contest. I went down there. And it's funny, you know, when I put this up a few weeks ago, I didn't realize the significance of this contest because I was a little bit detached from the scene at the time. But, you know, 
getting away from the AFA and just the two hip stuff and doing the street contest and all that. And what really kind of made it for me a couple of days ago, RL posted that that was one of his favorite photos of him ever. And, uh, you know, that's an honor for someone like me. Dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. This one, I, I can't turn it on zoom, but. Uh, sorry about that. No, no, you're good. This is kind of a cool time capsule. So we haven't talked a lot about the magazine, but this is my room. And this was a photo of me. Uh, 1980, early 1985 in the local newspaper about me publishing my little magazines. But you can really see kind of a kid in transition. Up on the top shelf, there's all my racing trophies. The walls are plastered every inch with BMX photography in the magazines. There's some Misfits posters, some Agent Orange posters. You know, I was getting more into punk stuff at that point. And then if you're wondering why there's a, a huge stash of Amy Grips all over the place, um, in my little magazine, I'd worked out a deal with, if you got a subscription for six bucks, you get a free pair of Amy grips and how I managed to deal with all that. Nice. Um, but a Amy, Brad, who's the sales rep at Amy hooked me up with like 50 boxes of those things. And so how many legit. pairs do you have left? <laughs> all over my room. Um, there's my camera and I'm wearing a Haro shirt and there you go. Shout nice, out to the eighty dude. shout out to the eighty-four Olympics towel just hanging on. Yeah, totally, yeah. And I think I put up a photo of uh oh yeah, there's a story. Yep. That was more for your background info, but I love it. Cool. Yeah, there you go. So I did um eight issues of this magazine called Tricks and War. The first couple I did with my friends, but by issue number two, I had Dave Manners back on the cover. And then it really, this is really where I, the purpose of my photography at the time, I just shot for this thing. And you can see, you know, from left to right, top to bottom, the magazine's progressing, the photography getting better. And also, you know, by the fourth, fifth issue, you've got Brian Blyther on the cover, Woody Itson, Steve McLeod, Martin. So I was clearly um, working my way in. Well, before you, and let's, let's look at one of those issues because the second one from left on the bottom, it's, oh, um, hold on. if you can go back, Isaac. Um, Mike Dominguez, or it's interview Mike Dominguez, Woody Itson. Did you get some exclusive interviews as well as taking photos here? I mean, yeah, did that all pan out. Yeah, the interviews are pretty silly when you go back and read them now, but yeah, same thing. I just go up, call them on the phone, or see him at a contest. Uh, in this case, both Mike and Woody, that photo we were just looking at of his bike, they met me behind my dad's store and in, in law office, and we did an interview and shot a bunch of pictures. This, the one on the far right of Martin, I was going through the negatives and there's actually two locations we shot at. And one was at this little strip mall in Upland, about three miles from the pipeline. And then it looks like we changed locations to this other place, which is on the cover, which is the Montclair Plaza. You know, why I didn't pick more scenic locations, I don't know. But so somehow, again, I managed to get Martin to come out with no cell phone, show up, change locations, shoot by three rolls of film. And off he goes, you know. I like, I like that. Uh, I like that you got a little bit more expensive by issue four. That uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, inflation. So these things, I printed lots of. So print is a generous word. My dad, you know, he was a an attorney. He had a little Xerox copier, and his secretary had a pretty nice typewriter where you could change fonts on it. You had a little ball of the, the fonts, and so after hours when she was gone, I'd change the font and put a different one in, and I'd type all night. And then 
use the copier to make as many copies as I could stand. And I think she used to kind of on the sly buy extra toner just to keep me going. I don't know if my dad knew about that. Um, and I would print hundreds of these things and they were sold at the pipeline, bike shops. I used to sell them around um, contests, that sort of thing. And then I actually had subscribers. So I don't remember, you know, this all happened without internet. Somehow I got subscribers. People would send me money. That's dope, dude. All right. And, uh, took it pretty seriously. Yeah. So these excerpts from these, these magazines, that's Bob Osborne. Uh, Donovan Ritter's holding the pole. Eddie Fiola getting what I call the eight foot two air. Um, you know, these are Xerox versions of my pictures, but you get the idea. Yeah, yeah, totally. There you go, Steve McLeod. I took the magazine really seriously. I, you know, my big thing was I could, I actually produced them every four weeks. So I was always scooping freestyling with the news. So there'd be little bits in there about Mike Dominguez breaking his leg or someone changing sponsors and that kind of thing. And I thought it was really cool. I could get it out before the, the big magazines could. Scoop them, dude. Always yeah. scoop them. I, how I got so competitive. Oh, there you go. There's, I did shoot a few skate photos. Um, this is, is that Neil Blender? Uh, no, it's Greg Smith. He was a freestyle oh, Greg skater, okay. uh, Upland local. I think he was sponsored by GNS or somebody. Uh, I don't remember. Really nice guy. He was good friends with uh, Rodney Mullen and all those guys. Shows you how much I know, Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about skateboarding, so I know there like, yeah, I watched, I watched some documentaries on Bones Brigade. Dude, look so, at that. Thank you. Brian, coming back in. Um, I think one of the things that now I can appreciate about my photos, at the time, I'd be frustrated because Bob Osborne, Wendy, you know, some of those photographers would get the prime slot. The pipeline wasn't really big and Del Mar was the same. You didn't have a lot of space. And so you couldn't line up like 12 photographers there during a contest. It just, it's too sketchy for the writers. So kind of those two would get Steve Guyverson. They would kind of get the best spots. And so I'd have to go toward the back, but as a result, like sometimes got better angles or more interesting stuff. Um, did you ever get denied not being able to go inside the gate and take photos? If like, if it was a big contest and, and you had Wendy there and, and John Kerr car or, or whoever, did you yeah. get push back um, a little bit? Yeah. Early on, you know, they gave me a little grief about it. And then uh, I think once maybe Bob Osborne complained that because it was getting too crowded and he just wanted to make sure he got the best shots and it's fine. You know, they had seniority, they were the bigger magazine and what am I going to do? I was 13. <laughs> yeah i mean it's like it's almost like there's also paying dues too like hey who's this kid you know he's yeah at the gate where we're trying it, to get it wasn't a, problem. a magazine that makes you know a lot of money or i don't know i just thought maybe there'd be a little competitive thing going on there but yeah so here this is pretty early for me I, um that's obviously not the same quality camera this is kind of like the instamatic stuff that you drop off at the drive-through photo booth um this is the 84 king of skate parks finals and it's a pretty nice lineup of riders right there and uh not much to it but it sort of shows the the seeds of what i was going to be doing later love it yeah look at that that's awesome i think that's ted emmer on the far left you know if you look at the roster from that contest you can probably identify all of them um yeah 
kind of cool. Such a, I mean, just cool moments. Like, I love this photo. Yeah, this is like one of the first ones I saw, Isaac, and it was like, where, where did this come from? You know, and yeah. So I, I don't know why. I just had the foresight or something to go photograph these guys when they weren't riding. And I have a lot of pictures like that, which is, is really cool. And there's been some online discussion about this photo and the truck itself. Um, I think it was R.L. Osborne's truck. Then he sold it to Eddie. And then someone said Eddie rolled it before he paid R.L. for it. Uh, but I do remember he rolled it later. It <laughs> camouflage that was kind of jacked up. It had the stickers on it. And Eddie was out in the parking lot of the pipeline. I, I don't why no way I had the gloves on, but you know, he threw his bikes in the back. And I just went up and took some pictures of him and um I just emailed him a copy of this. He was really stoked to get it. You know, I gotta say, Bill, like looking at all the photos, so like just the photo alone creates its own buzz, but then the details and the stories and people's chatter, like you'll post a photo up like this one in particular, it it created its own, you know, had its own thread, obviously. People are like, Oh, that's Eddie's truck. No, I think that was RL's, you know, and there's just so much going on with every photo, like the, the, the guys out there, the fans, and especially um, people who really pay attention to detail or know a little bit about this, you know, pretty soon you're, you're, you know, you're, you're in like 50 to 60, 70, hundred comments just about the truck. You know? Yeah. And, so. I, and I'm relying on the crowdsourcing to help me remember stuff. There's, there's some things that are crystal clear to me, parts that I just, I don't remember. No, I think um, it's cool. I remember taking the picture. Yeah. And so you'll see, you know, I haven't, these negatives are kind of rough in some spots. I haven't cleaned it up. I keep getting lost in the vintage cars. I, you know, really strikes me how long ago this was when you start looking at the cars, but that's uh, John. Kerr. I, I think he pronounced the car. It goes either way, but BMX plus he called out um, Steve McLeod had come out of nowhere and became this hot new rider and was getting crazy airs uh, late 84, early 85. So John set up a, a photo session for BMX. And that same day, Mike Dominguez was there and, and Donovan Ritter, and they were all, I have shots of all of them. Um, hang on, my computer's doing something. Um, I think what blows my mind again is, how did I know about this shoot? Did I, was I just hanging out the pipeline that day and they started, you know, the, the real photographers sh showed up or did someone tip me off that this was going to happen? Um, I don't know, but I was there. Dude, yeah, so cool were, though. Man. There you go. I think this is the same day. But no, I said, yeah, yeah, maybe. You know, they they dressed up when the photographers came out because they had sponsors and they had to do it. But that's Mike just hanging out. Um, yeah. I think by this point, these guys were sort of used to me and I just get in their face with the camera and they didn't, didn't complain. You know, they weren't much older than me. I mean, Mike might have been 17. I was probably 14. Yeah, I was going to say they, they were not typically, but they were like literally not much older than you. So like to have, and probably they're just looking, you know, to, to do something for your, their sponsor or whatever, like you were saying, but you know, here you are just taking some pictures and they've, and they, and the thing is they probably have seen you around. So it's like, oh, there's mm -hmm. that kid, you know, it's not like you're, they think yeah. you're going to snake pictures. Yes. I was a pretty familiar presence, whether they knew my name or not, I was always there. That's I like that one. Um, and you see, you know, the photography that like my compositions are getting good, but the, the technicality is a little bit washed out. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. And 
I think what I can appreciate now is that, yeah, there's probably better photography of this era that's out there that's technically more perfect, but the rawness of this is sort of what attracts me. I think it's attracting others. It's sort of real. It is, man. And what else? I mean, um, Isaac might have mentioned it earlier. Like there are people, there are there are guys out there who are looking not only at, you know, their composition or this or that. They're, it's not an issue for them. They're like, look at that plate. Look at the jersey. Um, look at what stickers are on there. Look at all these other details that are, are so visible and so apparent in the photos. It's it's incredible, man, that, that all those yeah, things that, are captured. The shot before was at uh, Mark McGlynn's ramp down in Solana Beach. So, and I don't know how I got invited to this. It was the same weekend as the Del Mar contest. And, I, you know, remember, I'm 13, 14, I didn't have a car. So it's either I was catching a ride with somebody or a parent or a sister or somebody was taking me up there. So we went up and he had built this uh, pretty good sized quarter pipe in the middle of a vacant lot. And almost the whole Haro team was there. So that's Brian Blyther flying up. I think it's Dave Nuri and Rich Segur on the ramp. And again, I've, I've been relying on people on Facebook to help me identify some of these riders just because I'm a little foggy at this point. But we did this thing and just shot off like a roll and a half of film of them riding this ramp and kind of goofing around. And Mark McGlynn has sort of gotten involved online and said basically this was a vacant lot that was a friend of his father's. He was a doctor and he let Mark build this ramp on this lot. And um, th there's a little warning sign posted out front just saying, you know, be careful you don't break your neck, that kind of thing. Yeah, but, that wouldn't happen nowadays. Yeah, that was <laughs> cool. I mean, it was just this big ramp. And yeah, there's Ron. Um, there he is. So when we showed up, he was still putting the backstop in. Uh, it's Mark McGlynn with a little hammer. So I think it's pretty exciting for them to see these photos too, because they don't have them. They don't, they kind of remember these events and for them to see pictures of their youth is, is just as exciting. There we go. That's uh, Craig Campbell. So I yep. Craig up in uh, Pleasanton early in 85. He, he'd flown out from England to do, I think freestyle mostly in that event up in AFA at, at Pleasanton. And then he came down to the pipeline like two days later and um, checked it out and rode there. And then this was, I think, October 85, one of the last contests I shot during my main period. This foot plant in that deep bowl was very unusual. I don't think I ever saw any, anyone else do it. It's pretty sketchy. You know, what's pretty incredible too, Bill, is that, um, you know, I know you've hung around the upland and, and the skate park and stuff, but you, you seem to have a knack for catching the apex of the trick. Like you, you didn't get the, you know, the roll up and the, and the finish, you know, it, it just seems like you caught the like perfect moment because we can now, you know, scroll through a video that we take and capture, you know, still frames by getting that one perfect sweet moment, but we're going, you know, we're, we're scrubbing through a video or something. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're push of the button, right? I mean, I'm not a camera guy, so I don't know how that is. If you could take, you know, 10 at a time or, yeah, but still it's I mean, like, that was the skill of photography back then. Like you said, you didn't know what you got. You had to get the timing right. You know, you'd sort of force yourself to use the full frame and, and just get it all in there. And often you'd miss it. Um, you know, and I, I studied from the best. I grew up with the same magazines you guys did, and I would study those photos. And it sunk in on how you compose them, how you get the action. 
that's a really early one there of uh, Donovan Ritter at the pipeline in probably August of 84. So he, he didn't live close by. He lived down in San Diego, but he was there all the time writing and just for his own joy. And he rode hard. He rode just like he's in a contest. And I have a lot of trad. He, he was just one of those guys that was really good. And uh, there's Dave. Yeah. I really like this photo um, being from the Bay area. Um, yeah. Vander was definitely a, an, an icon from this area. And so capturing these, you know, especially uh, this color photo is just awesome, man. It's, yeah, it, it really looks good. I so, had those, I had those elbow pads, by the way. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't shoot color much at all, mainly because it's expensive and I had no use for it. So if I was putting these in my own magazine, it was all Xerox. So black and white made sense. Uh, I don't know why I shot a roll of color at this contest. I probably just had a roll. So I, I would scrounge film wherever I could get it. If I had a roll of, I shot mostly triax black and white, but if someone gave me a roll of film, I'd throw it in the camera and shoot it. So uh, Vander was a great guy. He actually, I flew up to state his house when I was 14. I don't know how my parents let me do that. That guy was nuts. But <laughs> I, weekend at his house, shot a bunch of pictures, went to the contest and um, Dave was cool. There's some, there's some good pictures of Dave coming up, you guys. Yeah. So this is, Rob, I knew him as Robbie McCrary. He was probably 13 at the time. Now he's Rob McCrary. Um, he was an Upland, Ontario local and rode really well. I think he ended up by GT. And he and I have been talking a lot lately. And I, just the memories. He had his brother, Randy, rode with him a lot. This was a little bike shop in 1984 that was doing a, like a, clearance sale. So I set up a couple of ramps in the parking lot to attract a crowd. And, you know, there's no one there. And it was Brian Blyther, Robbie McCrary, Jeff Carroll. And they just rode these pipe, these quarter pipes. And by the end of the afternoon, they got bored of that. So they moved the pipes around or the, the ramp, sorry, and just shot off into this ice plant along the road. And so I have a bunch of pictures there, of just these sort of, you know, bailout jumps. It was a lot of fun. So Back to, you know, the commentary I'm getting from these writers that Brian was telling me last week that this was the day that he decided he wanted to do this forever. And um, he said he rode home that night with a big smile on his face and said, I want to do this for a living. And uh, that was pretty cool to hear that. That's pretty dope, dude. And I also want to point out that he's doing it on one piece cranks. So yeah. all you old dudes that feel like you have to have uh, bullseye, uh, bullseye cranks that are $300 and $200 bottom brackets because you ride so hard i promise you he rode harder than you'll ever ride and he's doing it on one piece cranks just pointing that out um bill so um as isaac's scrolling through these awesome photos um and i'd love for you to jump in if you want to talk about them but what is your what's what's is there going to be like um a, a book or some type of publishing that folks can like look at these as well and you know, have like a commemoration or a, something that they can flip through. Like uh, Dominic Phipps put out a book called The Birth of the Freestyle Movement that had mm -hmm. a lot of candid photos in it as well. And I think, it's not that I think, this absolutely 100% garnishes that type of attention to have its own publishing. Are you interested or have you had any Definitely. thoughts about doing anything like that? Yeah, it's all coming together pretty quickly. Uh, the last three weeks, I've been writing all this down, a lot of this, the, sort of the backstory. And then the next step is I'm going to get some of the writers to talk about the photos and what they remember from the day. So I think the goal of my end is to put a book together. Um, I need to do it quickly before I lose interest. That's sort of how I work. But I'd like to make a book that 
encapsulates, it's not so much about me, but just about the sort of off the cuff perspective on that whole era and make it available. You know, I'm going to do a real book. It should look nice. You know, it'd be great to get some out by the end of summer, let's say. And I think second to that, I would like to be able to offer some sort of prints of these for people that want them and want to hang them on their wall. Um, maybe some other kind of merch, but the goal is not to get rich off this, but to share it and let people really enjoy it. This one's kind of cool. Quick story. That's Robbie McCurry. That's his home ramp. He said it was five and a half feet wide, nine feet tall. I think the platform's like eight feet. Someone said, how the heck did you, why didn't you guys make ramps wider? He said, well, as a pool rider, you learned to go straight up, straight back down. You had a, a pretty linear path and you didn't arc out like you could do later. So it didn't bother him to have five and a half feet. You just go up and do 180 and come right back down. This is the shadiest ramp I think I've ever seen. And uh, also, this is every ramp I've ever ridden on uh, at the same time. So, yeah, you know, dude, like <laughs> just the, <laughs> the shoddy I mean, carpentry that we all trusted our lives. I totally in. would have rode that ramp, though, dude. Yeah. I'd have been like, but you go first, Isaac. <laughs> yeah, you yeah I love the light. So you'll see an upland that's really common, that hazy, blown out. Yeah. That was every day there in the summer. It just, it all looked like that. So for photography, you always had that sort of white sky. Yeah. But I love to me, though, shot. Oh, yeah, there you go. Going so these back, ones. Man, I, I really appreciate you with the comment you made about, you know, wanting to share this stuff, um, as I said earlier. But even with going into, like, you know, doing something to let folks have a chance to own some prints or things like that. That's it's extremely gracious um, of you because these things could have been one never released or two, if they were just held so tight to the, the vest that, you know, it would have just been hard for folks to have something like this, like hanging from their wall, a framed print or in a, some type of a book that they could keep this and, and look through it. So stoked for you to cool. say that, man, really appreciate you being that generous. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's everyone's story here. It's not just mine. And if I can share it and people can enjoy it, that's the whole point. You know, I can't, I'm not going to retire off this stuff. Right, right, but So the other thing I captured a lot is it, these contests at the pipeline, these guys would come practice a couple of days before, uh, before all the, the ropes went up and the banners and the crowds. And I would just hang out and photograph them practicing. And um, that's a sunset shot. So the lights went on this pipeline. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite. That's it's such a good shot, dude. Like just the 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 like you can literally see like the movement in it. Um, I mean, literally, and then just that that crisp, like the the knee the knee the face, so good, dude. And you see, I, I didn't have oh well, oh, there we go. Back to the the one with Rich. You know, I didn't have flashes. So. You know, the big magazine photographers would probably have a flash to kind of fill in the light there. I, I didn't have that stuff. So they're, they're a little more opaque, but to me, they're a little more um, natural. It's kind of beautiful. It's raw, dude. It's very raw. Yeah. And it's that's just, I love that. Um, this one, <laughs> I, I mean, dude, you can't get any closer to the edge of that um, Van, Vander. And I, you guys, <clears throat> I, I've I've rode with Vander a couple times, and I remember these orange pants. That's the craziest part of it. Like yeah. everyone else sees what what he's doing, and I'm like, I remember those orange pants, dude. He wore them all the time. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't remember shooting this until about a month ago, and I was going through the 
box and I found it. And then someone actually reminded me that one of these images appeared in one of the magazines. They sent me a clipping of it. And I, I, I guess I forget. It might've been American freestyler or one of those. I don't remember the circumstances of this shoot, but Dave, you know, as you guys probably know, he was kind of nuts and he approached all this stuff just fearless. And so for him to go up an endo off the edge of that bowl, I mean, really, there was no way out of that if you went too far. And uh, he did it multiple times. I was looking at the images. There's probably at least five or six of these attempts to do it. And I don't remember him bailing over, but that it's pretty wild. And the fact that I got it in color with those crazy orange pants kind of lucked out. Yeah, that's super wild. This is this is my favorite one just because of the oh god factor. Yeah. I guess what do you call it? It's just like a tail whip over the edge. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I, there's probably a name for it, but basically all he's doing, he's doing like a rock walk type of like a 180, yeah. rolling 180. Uh you hit you flip your your hip and then the bike just follows. But um also <laughs> the trajectory of your back wheel is almost always going straight down unless you're leaning forward correctly. So uh, his, his back wheel could have easily just pinged into the, the side of this, the bowl. And then he's going backwards down to his, uh, to a hospital visit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a technically perfect photo, but who else has a picture of Dave doing that? Dude. No, I mean, that's, that's it though. I mean, I, I will, I will take, I will take this over a perfectly staged photo all day long, because this is what I remember from my friends, dude. This is why I think to me, this is why these are so incredible uh, and, and heartwarming is because like, this is the angle I would have looked at this photo at the height. I was at 14 uh, sitting on my bike, watching do like, like sitting next to Craig sitting on our bikes when they're sitting on the ground um, and going like, dude, that's Vander. Dude, that's Vander, you know, and mm-hmm. and so to me, it's just it's yeah. the the way like he's just his his hand is weightless, uh, just nonchalantly doing this trick, um, you know, and he probably was clucking like a chicken ten seconds before it, um, because he was just doing what Vander does, dude. It's just so cool. Like, I mean, this is another one I would buy. Um, yeah, just I I don't know why, but it's just one of those things like. It's, this is like the unpublished magazine that we just didn't get it, get to see. I was telling yeah. Craig that earlier. Like the, looking through this is like looking through a magazine we never got to see. I mean, what's nuts is I that was from San Diego, nineteen eighty five. I have like eight rolls of black and white film, and I, and I have like two color slides. How I got the two uh, the curb dogs, you know, faceplate and color. I don't know. I just maybe I had a second camera with a color roll in it, and I, but. That's also San Diego. Again, you know, it's 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 not correct. It's got like this power line running through it, but who cares? I mean, did you have a? It looks like you had a fish. You had a fisheye lens. Yeah. So again, the the, the real pros had really nice Nikon fisheyes that were hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, I had like this cheapo screw on one for a while that would really sort of blow out the corners, and then eventually I did get a twenty millimeter, which that's what this might be. Um, so it's pretty close to a fisheye, but it, my original one was kind of a novelty fisheye where you get the round yeah, yeah. frame and everything's just bubbled out and, you know. Yeah, magazine went to 75 cents, bro. I see what you did. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. Got some gear. <laughs> Upgraded that fisheye. 
That's what you did. Like, I, I have no idea who this is. Brian Blyther. That's Brian Blyther. Yeah. Pretty sure. Uh, that's early. That's like late 84, maybe. Um, I don't know. Again, you guys seem to know the history of when people picked up sponsors and change and all that. But that's just an off day at the pipeline uh, based on that light, I'd say it's afternoon. And I love his striped vans. Yeah, dude, those are dope. I have to go yeah. to Craig. Craig. Craig's my encyclopedia of uh, a freestyle. I remember freestyle. Craig is a uh, basically <laughs> the the traveling I, scholar. I wish I could tell you for this one, but I'm not a hundred percent. I think that is though. I think it's Brian. I love the I love this shot. Yeah. Okay, you guys, I love Martin. That is I great. absolutely I love, love that Martin. Shot. That was during the mullet era. Um. So here's the this is during a contest. This is probably a good example. Maybe I got kicked out during one of the runs. I couldn't be inside the fence because it's it too crowded. So I was hanging around out sort of, I guess you'd call it like a pit area or staging area. And Martin was there. And obviously, you know, I don't think Martin ever rode in those skate park contests, at least later. So he wasn't participating, but he was obviously there watching. He might have been a judge too. And I probably just came up behind him and got in his face and he turned around and there you go. That's so dope, dude. I mean, here's the thing. You got kicked out, but you so did Martin. So you're not in bad yeah. company. Martin, he said he was 14 in this picture. Um, again, I, I, I'm glad I got some of these sort of candid moments of the like before his run, after his run. I don't know. Um, dude, the, the candid photos, I think, are almost my favorite. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I I just like it. Hugo, by the way, this is Hugo, you guys. Yeah, I like this. I like this picture a lot. So this one's cropped. Anything where you, you get crowd actually, reaction to. You can see the bowl in the full picture, but I thought the crowd was way, way cooler. And I mean, the fact, you know, Hugo, fine, Adam, but just the expression of the little kids on the lower left. And the girls. I'm not really sure what's going on with his hand, dude. Like I've like, I prefer I think, his hand was on the grip, but. <laughs> yeah, there's a sequence to that. This whole. Jump. He might have bailed off of that right after. I don't remember. I can look. But to me, that just captures those those contests, the excitement. There's some, some skater kids mixed in there getting sucked into the energy. I don't know. It's cool. And that's look, look at the kids like, with the these protect helmets on, Isaac. The ones that are yeah. like ready to go. Dude, I, I love like okay, so like they got those up. like the hockey helmets up here, right here. Like yeah. these dudes like this guy with his Mork suspenders on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember this, dude. Like, this guy for sure got laid that night. <laughs> Look at that belt buckle. <laughs> all those Instamatic cameras. It, I mean, so I could get lost in these details for days. But You got, I, you got super fan right here. I love that guy. Yeah. With his shorts. With his, like, coach. His, like, 84 gym shorts. <laughs> those are OP shorts, probably, yeah. Dude, coaches, for sure they're OP. Coach's <laughs> shorts. Dude. And the... The, the kid on the lower left, it's the little on the portlier side. I went to school with him. I don't remember his name though. And I think he was uh, troubled. Dude, I, I love everything about this guy. You got like the workout Van Damme guy up here. Yeah. Dude, I, 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 you got like, it's just such a, man, just such a moment. You know what I mean? Like, well, and that's, do you that's remember the Dove shorts? Do you remember Dove yeah. shorts that were like, do you remember those Craig? Like it would be like, one panel's blue, one panel's white, and then they flipped it on the other side. Yeah. Ringing a bell? Yeah. I think that's Mike. Ringing a bell. I think that's Mike Dominguez. Again, you guys are identifying. You can see that one's kind of low res, but 
for sure that's Mike Dominguez. 10 10. Yeah. That's Mike Dominguez. Yeah. But see, there he's got looks like one piece cranks on that other shot of his bike. It was three piece. So, yeah. These guys change bikes all the time. I, I remember Dave, he gave me one of his bikes once and he had dozens of bikes laying around his place. That seems like Dave. I'll tell you a yeah. Dave story in a little bit. Yeah, I got some I can't tell. So look at that. So this is me developing my own film. And you see fingerprints all over it. Yeah. Motion. Um, you know, I was learning this stuff. That's Steve McLeod. I think that's Donovan Ritter in the background. That's got to be winter because you can see the mountains. No smog. Yeah. Here's that's, that picture you said of John Carr, right? Yeah. So I remember this, you know, it's the first time I kind of chatted him up and he, I was learning about, he's got that camera on the right with the little flash bulbs and he changed the bulbs. They're sort of single use bulbs. He changed them every time he took a shot and it was pretty cool. And then he had his other electronic flash. So, it was, you know, I learned from these guys as well. He was always good to me. I think he, you know, not to brag, but I think he wanted me to be the editor of the magazine at some point, but I was too young. Um, which uh, I've heard that from several people. He he talked to me about it, but I was like 14. There's no way I could get to the, the office. Do you do you uh, do you remember the rivalry between the two, between Oz and uh, and John? I heard they hated each other. Is why I bring it up. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Probably didn't. Probably went right over my head. Yeah. Um. So this this shot, it's actually if you straighten it out, you see how gnarly that bowl is, and there's a good three feet of vert. I'd say. Yeah. I left it cockeyed just because I like seeing the, the kid in the corner. Um, this was, I think on my comments, I said this sort of move separated the men from the boys. I never had the nerve to drop in like that. That That's a skip place to drop in. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> that's a, that's a no yeah. for me, dog. <laughs> yeah. 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 So this is, this is kind of early. This is, I have a ton of this stuff and it's basically just local kids flying out of the bulls at pipeline. And a lot of people don't know that there were the, the main bowls you'd see in the contest. And then behind it, there were three or four smaller bowls that you basically could jump between them. And it's so different. I mean, now the new skate parks, you can do that all day long, but it was a big deal to, to catch air out of those and then land in the next bowl. Yeah. And that, that's a little fella right there, dude. Like that's not a very big dude. No, I, I love that. But, you know, that just is like that sort of endless summer vibe to it. Um, I put this up. It's it's an actual original paste up I did an ad to the pipeline for a magazine. I was just impressed at how cheap it was. No wonder they couldn't make a living. And was it you know fifty cents? I know this was the eighties, but that's pretty reasonable to go spend all day there. And in fact, they're open until nine or ten at night every day. The neighbors, I think, hated it. There was an actual house next door to them, and they had these big, you know, stadium lights, and it was probably pretty annoying hearing punk rock all day long. And yeah. <laughs> i love it dude i think it i you know they got you the nacho bar is what happened i mean to be, let's yeah. be honest like you know it's dollar 50 to get in and then eight dollars for some nachos but i mean yeah, yeah, i think what, brian blythe was talking about how he remembers the pizza grinders it was like his favorite thing yeah. <laughs> dude okay so i, I love the idea like I, I can't wait to see the book i can't wait to see what you haven't released yet um, please, please make a lot of those portraits available, uh, some way for me to buy them because I have a lot of space behind me and I would love to, to have that stuff. And what I also love and, and, you know, for, for fans that are looking at this, I mean, once these are available for you to purchase, uh, most of these writers are readily available, 
to, to talk to on social media. I'm sure if you sent, you know, one of those pictures to Eddie Fiola and, uh, you know, offered to buy him a coffee or something like that, he might sign a photo or two. Um, so, you know, it, this is our history. This is where we came from. This is where it all started. Uh, and, and I mean, for me, dude, thank you for, for sharing this with us. Thank you for coming on tonight and just giving us a break from COVID and from pandemic <laughs> and from, you know, the stresses of work where, where Craig and I can sit back, like we, we love to do and just talk about, man, remember the good old days, you know what I mean? And I, I know I sound like an old man in that moment, but you know what? I am an old man and I love looking at this stuff and I love looking at just like you had, you captured so much cool stuff. Like the crowd is, it's almost like the crowds are as important as the subject matter, uh, you know, in some of those photos. And sometimes like just the crowd reaction is, is almost more important than what we saw. I mean, Craig, what, what are your emotions? What, what are you feeling? Cause I, I'm definitely feeling overwhelmed with nostalgia and, and I know, we're going to end this and Craig and I are going to spend two hours talking about this tonight. Yeah, totally dude. And I said it earlier. I mean, it really, it, and Bill mentioned it too. It's, it is overwhelming to a point of where it's like excitement though. It's, it's not, you know, anything but like pure stoke. Um, It's, it's just being able to peek into something that Bill has done and, and look at everything as far as the, you know, Bill seeing, you know, maybe Bill seeing more like the, the photographs quality or it's com, um, what they call it composure and on all composition, those things. Yeah. Composition. Yeah. Can't help. Uh, and that shows you how much I don't know yeah. about photography and, and not to take away anything from Bill, you know, knowing these guys and, ex- you know, he was there. It's a picture that we're looking at, but Bill got to be there. He's back there, you know, at that dirt track, he's in the inside the gate at pipeline. Um, but for me, it's just like, I'm feeling just like I did when I first stumbled upon this. It's like, what's next? Ooh, there's going to be more. Oh man. What, what is Bill going to put out today? You know, I'm checking, I joined the freestyling page and, um, I think I joined after, you know, someone said, Bill's that's where he's putting it. I'm yeah. new to Facebook too, Bill. Um, I haven't joined every page I want to join. Yeah. Yet. It's, it's just over. It, it, it's it's overwhelming to a point of just being excited for me. And and I really appreciate you, sh- like I said earlier, sharing this with, with everybody who's out there, dude, just making it available. Thanks for, you know, I'm glad that we get a chance to look at this stuff because this is not just, you know, photos of our favorite writers. This is our childhood too. Um, and Isaac and I talk about this stuff constantly, even when we're not on camera. Um, so, you know, Thanks. Thanks for doing that, man. I'm so oh. stoked that you were able to, uh, to give us that. Yeah, no, I totally appreciate it. It's, it's pretty overwhelming for me. Again, this sort of happened by accident and the same experiences you guys are having, I'm going through the same thing and it's, it's bittersweet for me because I'm going back and, you know, obviously there's 35 years in between where I had a life and do other stuff, but going back into it now and appreciating it and finding all this stuff one. Yeah. It's, it's completely a time capsule of a, another era and it's an era that, made me happy. I loved it. It was like, I forgot how much fun that whole life was. And we all lived it as kids uh, riding bikes. I was lucky and I was able to be in the right place at the right time. And I picked up the camera and I was able to be part of that scene, but it's, um, it's pretty overwhelming. And to see the, the support online and people coming around saying, wow, that's, that's cool. I can fully appreciate it. And so my 
goal here at this point is to, to steward the material out so everyone can enjoy it and share it. And it's, it's an archive that's meant to be seen. And uh, sorry it took me so long, but, you know, had other stuff going on. No apologies uh, necessary, man, because yeah. Isaac, we're looking at it now. This is, you know, from the point that you said, hey, everybody, check this out. For From that moment on forever in BMX history, your photos are included in some of the best and most, like, exciting things that can be a part of that sport. So, thank you job, so bro. much. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, my pleasure. And I, I'm just blown away by the support from you two and everybody. It's, it's, it's actually really fun to do this. It's, it's an adventure that I'm sort of reliving. And, you know, because I'm one of those people, I work, I go forward, I don't look back. And so, this, to stop for a minute and go back and look at this, it's really rewarding. Dude, well, Bill, thanks for hanging out with us for so long. Uh, you guys, I'll, I'll start wrapping up, and um, Bill, I can't wait to see. I can't see wait to see what you provide for for us to buy. Um, I'm all in on it, dude. I'll, I'll buy the book Sight Unseen just based off of what I've seen here. Just I, I and, and thanks for taking the moment just to share some of these stories that that I've never heard, um, and give me insight into what it was like to be friends with my heroes. Uh, you lived, you lived in, ex- you, you, you have pardon, pardon the pun, but man, you had a different lens on freestyle than, than I had growing up in Northern California and Craig had. And so just giving us like a, an extra layer to, to remember and have fun. And, and because man, you know, it, I, I can look at myself. I'm a father, I'm a husband, I have responsibility and any moment that, that I can just kind of have to myself tonight, I'm going to go, I'm going to fall asleep and I'm going to be thinking about what it was like the first time we saw that the the video for, uh, of Hugo in the, in the in the bowl, you know what I mean? And I think, uh, you know, Agent Orange, I think was on the the VH. I I couldn't yeah. even tell you what VHS tape it was, but I, you know what I mean. I can just think like you know things can't get much worse for me. I haven't yeah. listened to that song, dude, in probably twenty years. But like sometimes I'd rather yeah. die. You know what I mean? Like blood stain, blood stains, dude. There it is. Okay, yep. you're wa- you're watching my brain catch up and have so- like these. <laughs> Not Flashes. to interject, but uh, side note: some of my photos are on the Asian Orange reissues of their of that CD because I shot a lot of music after all this. So, do you all... know those guys? Yeah, huh? You know those guys? You know Asian? I don't Orange? know them now, but at the time, yeah, they were up on all the time, and I shot some photos on the different shops around LA, and then, of course, you uh, did. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's chapter two. I went on to do other things after a while, but. Um, no, it's the way you're describing it is exactly what I'm going through. It's just the memories of the, the the light, the sound, you know, and I haven't been back in Upland in quite some time. So it's sort of a journey for me. It, it passed middle age at this point, but um, it's just, it's cool. And to see the love that you guys have and appreciate for it, it, I feel like I did something useful and I'm glad I can share it. And again, talk about selling books and prints. It's not about making money. It's about getting it out there and, you know, covering Making ends meet. Yeah, dude. I well, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm gonna sign off with this. Uh thank you for doing this for us. Thanks for coming tonight. Um, I hope that you can look back at some of these pictures at some point and just appreciate them for what it was. A 13, 14 year old boy learning his craft, learning a hobby. Um, and you caught some amazing photographs. Do you give yourself some grace? I know. Uh, you know, you had a lot of like the composition and the, the, you see a power line, I see Mike Dominguez shredding. So yeah. uh, I, ho- I hope that, that looking at your photos through our eyes, 
uh, kind of helps you enjoy them a little bit more for, for what they are. They're, they're, they're bookmarks in, in, in our history, they're bookmarks in our memory. And, uh, you know, man, thanks for doing it and, and putting this stuff out. Craig, bro, I owe you, I, yeah. I owe you a, I owe you a water for this one, dude, because, uh, just thank you for, for setting this up. You guys, this, this would not have happened had Craig, uh, just not put in the legwork to do this with all of our guests, but especially this one, Craig, thank you. I owe you for this, dude. This was such a pleasure. You got it, homie. And yes, you do, yeah. homie, because this was awesome. Hey, I want to say uh, from Big Bike BMX, man, we want to say an extra special shit thank you and shout out to our guest tonight, uh, Mr. Bill Batchelor, with all his amazing stories and photos, you guys. I uh, hope you were entertained. Go check Bill out on Instagram and uh, and, and Facebook and, and, and just enjoy what we're enjoying. If you are all about BMX or photography or if you want to listen here and hear, you know, Bill's stories and anecdotes with that come along with these photos, we think you're going to enjoy it just as much as we did um, and still do and continue to like want to look at these things as Bill puts them out. Um, so thanks to Bill. We want to give a huge shout out to our show sponsors, Night Bike Company, Phoenix Bike Co., Ride Out Supply, Etnies Shoes, Crush BMX, Old Bones Therapy, and say, uh, go check those guys out too. And um Thank you for supporting the show. Isaac and I wish you all the best and we are out of here.